plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Jets, your daily podcast on the New York Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jets on this Monday, the 27th of March, the year 2017. Nice to have you with us. I'm John B. from gangrenenation.com. You can subscribe to this show on either iTunes or Audio Boom, and we will deliver it to your device each day, make it very convenient for you, and you can take us with you on the go, whether it's your commute, the gym, wherever, we'll come with you. If you really enjoy this show, uh, give it good ratings. We certainly appreciate it. Well, we're at the start of another week uh, here on the Locked On Jets podcast. Um, may not be the start of the week for you. I know not everybody works a Monday to Friday schedule, but for most of us it is. And kind of a sleepy weekend for the Jets. Um, over the weekend, uh, news broke that they are bringing in another fullback for a visit, this time Will Johnson. And... One of these days, the Jets are going to sign a fullback. They've been linked to plenty of them over the course of the offseason. It certainly seems like something that's going to be in the plans of new offensive coordinator John Morton. Ever since the end of the season, really, um, I remember even before the season ended, there was a report that when Ch- there was a report that Chan Gailey was going to be out. Again, this was before the Jets played their last game of 2016. There was a report that Chan Gailey was going to be out as offensive coordinator. And the report also said that Todd Bowles wanted a coach who would commit to the run game, make the Jets more of a smash-mouth team on offense. And he brings in John Morton, who obviously has worked with the Saints, but before that worked with the San Francisco 49ers, who are one of the most successful smash-mouth teams of this decade in the Jim Harbaugh era. Morton was there, and just seems like the Jets are going to be heading in that direction. They've been linked with plenty of fullbacks in the offseason, and one of these days they're going to sign one. Now, they actually do have a fullback on the roster, that is Julian Hauser, who was the undrafted player out of a Division II school. He was actually a great defensive player uh, who was undrafted. He was an undrafted free agent the team signed in 2015, and he converted to fullback in the 2015 preseason. He did not make the roster, but ultimately um, was signed to the practice squad near the end of 2015. Uh, Actually, I think he had a couple of stints on the practice squad in 2015. And uh, he actually beat Tommy Bohannon out for the fullback job in the preseason in 2016, made the initial 53-man roster, but was released a couple of weeks into the season. We'll see what he can bring to the table because, again, he is relatively new to the fullback position. So he went from being cut to making the team. Now, maybe in year three, he can last on the team. You know, did show some improvement, did show some aptitude at a new position, so perhaps uh, he can uh, take the job, although it certainly does seem like the Jets are going to at least uh, have some competition for him, bring in some fullback competition, you know, 
good camp battle. You know, it looks like the Jets may have a long snapper camp battle. Well, we can't give that position all the excitement. We all, maybe we'll, it seems like we're also going to have a fullback battle, and we'll find out the identity of who that fullback is eventually. The Jets are going to sign somebody, whether it's Johnson, whether it's somebody else. The other news is, uh, since we last spoke, Jets general manager Mike McCagnin had a call with the media, a pre-draft call, and really did not say a whole lot, and that's to be expected. Every GM at this time of year is going to keep his cards close to the vest. Nobody's going to reveal much of substance about their plans. You may get a little nugget here or there with maybe some sort of vague guidance on philosophies but nobody's going to tell you what they want to do and that's for that's kind of obvious and even though it's obvious i'll give you an example is let's say hypothetically the jets liked the safety from lsu jamal adams and i'm not saying they do i'm not saying they don't this is just a hypothetical if mccagnan goes up uh goes on this call and talks about how much he loves Jamal Adams and how the Jets will take him if he's there. Well, that just tells the rest of the league that if you love Jamal Adams, you have to trade in front of the Jets. So if the Jets hypothetically love a player, they're not going to tell you that they love a player because they don't want to tip it off to the rest of the league because some team picking you know, 10th, 11th, 12th may hear it, and they may otherwise think, well, that guy's going to fall to me. The Jets go up and tell you that they like the guy. Those teams are more likely to trade up, and the Jets are like less likely to get the player. So I think that the fan reaction to a press conference like this, it tends to be a good barometer as to how the fan base feels about its general manager. If the fan base likes its general manager, it will usually praise him for not for being smart enough to keep his secrets. And if it doesn't like a general manager, it will complain that you've sat around and got no information out of him. It's yeah, it's more of a barometer. No GM is going to give you a ton of substance. But there were a couple of, as I said, there were a couple of nuggets that you can take away from McCagnin's press conference. The most notable of these is that he would not commit to giving Calvin Pryor his fifth-year option. Now, in the NFL, First-round picks get four-year contracts, but the team also has an option for a fifth year, which is more expensive than the first four years, but it tends to be a very reasonable deal for a star-level player, which is what you are aiming to take in the first round. That's what you... If if a guy is a first-round hit, the fifth-year option, even though it's more expensive than what you're paying him the first four years, still is a relative bargain. McCagnin is not committing to give that to Pryor, and that is notable because the fifth-year option is also a fairly low-risk proposition. It is not guaranteed until the league year of the fifth year starts. What essentially that means is that you can cut the player up until the free agency period begins in his fifth year. So you give it to him before his fourth year, so you have a full year to cut him, and there's no dead money. You're not on the hook for anything. The only way it becomes guaranteed is is if he suffers a devastating injury that costs him a full season. So you can, as you can see, it's really, it's really not the deadline. Even though you have to give it to the player before the fourth year, you can back out of it for a full year without any penalty. So if you're not giving it to to a guy, it's a big vote of no confidence because 
even if again, even if a guy regresses, even if you, you decide it was a mistake, you can back out of it. You can cut the guy before the deal before that fifth year option becomes guaranteed. And I personally would give prior the fifth year option just because I saw enough in twenty fifteen where he had a good season, but I can understand why they're not giving it to him. He was disappointing in twenty sixteen and two of his three years have been frankly subpar. And it's not just the the poor level of play, it's how he's gotten there where if you're a safety in today's NFL, and this may not have been true in the past, but you, you got to be able to cover, and Pryor is not a great guy playing deep zone. Well, that's not the end of the world, but if you can't play the deep zone, you kind of have to be able to cover man-to-man. You have to be able to cover tight ends. You have to be able to cover backs. Um, you know, it certainly helps if you can play the slot. You don't have to, but you, you got to be able to cover, help the team in coverage in some way. A, a team cannot afford to hide a safety by playing him in underneath the zone. And you're, there have been some linebackers in today's NFL, sometimes you, if a safety doesn't work out, you can drop him inside. I, I don't think that's going to work with Pryor. I don't see Pryor as a guy who could convert to linebacker. He's not big at all. He's very small, and he uh, you know, he doesn't have the... One of his big problems, he doesn't have the awareness, he doesn't have the instincts to kind of avoid the traffic he'd need to avoid playing linebacker at his size. And the other thing is, the Pryor's biggest asset is his range. That's really what he brings to the table. And if you're playing him underneath and, you know, in at a linebacker spot, you're not really utilizing that range. You're playing him close to the line. So there's no real way you can give me that he's an upgrade over anybody else you know well if you want a linebacker just get a real linebacker so i can understand why the jets are a little down on prior you're hoping he'll recover but there are big reasons for concern with him and the question now becomes if the jets don't pick up his option and the one thing i'll point out is that while it makes no sense to talk draft strategy because you could give something away. There's no incentive for the Jets to hide the fact that they would give Pryor the fifth-year option. It's not going to impact another team. They're either going to give him the option or they're not. And if they're going to give him the option, it doesn't hurt the Jets to tell everybody that. Nobody, nobody else is. There's no advantage to some other team knowing that the Jets are picking up their fifth year, the fifth-year option on Pryor. So that actually is significant. The fact he won't commit to it because if you're going to do it, you might as well just say it. So the, the, and that's the reason I, I, I'm kind of hinting at the, at the idea that Jets may not give him this option, and it might be a vote of no confidence. Now, McCadden could just go out and surprise us. There's nothing to say that he can't still give prior to the fifth-year option, but it was notable the fact that they said he couldn't, and there were certainly reasons why, and now you kind of wonder whether if the Jets end up passing on giving prior that option, does that mean Pryor could be on his way out? Could there be a trade during the draft? And could this be admitting another failed first-round pick? And boy, we've had a lot of those. Well, we've had a lot of failed picks in recent years, but certainly failed first-round picks have uh, become all too frequent for the Jets. Um, now, McCagnan also indicated that Josh McCown, who they signed, he expressed some confidence in McCown. Of course he's going to do that. Why would he not express confidence in the guy he signs, but uh, he McCagnan stated that Bowl uh, that it'll be up to Todd Bowles whether McCagnan will be the number one quarterback, and that makes sense. Um, we all know that Bowles is the coach, so 
the head coach needs to be making those calls. I think the Jets gave McCown enough money that he is probably the presumed starter. You have to imagine he's the starter. They didn't give him so much that he's the guaranteed starter, but $6 million, that's not a lot of money for a guy you're bringing in to be the backup. I think it's going to be one of those situations where unless one of the young guys clearly outplays McCown, he's probably going to be the starting quarterback at a you know $6 million salary, and then there, you got some incentives there. But I don't think you give a guy like Josh McCown $6 million if you think that your younger guys are ready to start. You probably go in a cheaper direction than that. And so it'll be up to Bowles as it should be, as it would be with any remotely competent team and I yes I know you, you probably have a joke about that but I think we were all expecting that McCown did not I'm sorry McCagnan did not rule out drafting a quarterback and that makes sense um the way you have to look at it in the NFL is until I'm sure I have a franchise quarterback I have to act like I don't have a franchise quarterback and Hoping that a Bryce Petty or a Christian Hackenberg emerges as a viable long-term option is not the same as believing that they will. You're hoping. There's a difference between hoping something will happen and believing it will happen. And depending on how much you like the quarterbacks, I don't think that that's a big vote. We talked about votes of no confidence, how the fifth-year option would be a major vote of no confidence against Calvin Pryor. I'm not sure that drafting a quarterback would necessarily be a major vote of no confidence against Petty or Hackenberg quarterback position is important if you find a guy that's really good that you think fits what you want to do he fits you know you think he has the school the tools you can never have too many quarterbacks in this league the Jets have had the Jets have had a number of years where they've had no quarterbacks so there's nothing wrong with drafting a quarterback McCagden also did not rule out keeping four quarterbacks again although he indicated it was not his preference I don't have as big of a problem with that as a lot of people do. A lot of people went crazy when the Jets kept four quarterbacks last year. Well, first of all, they only kept four quarterbacks for less than half the season because Geno Smith got hurt, so they were down to three for over half the season. Uh, The bottom spots of your roster, the 53rd, 52nd, 51st, 50th, 49th player, those are developmental players. So what's the problem with taking two shots you're, you're just trying essentially at that point you have you're the, the bottom of that roster you have lottery tickets so what's the problem with having two lottery tickets at the most important spot on the field i think teams are too reluctant to use their resources to try and find a quarterback they they don't take enough shots at finding a quarterback so i wouldn't have a big problem from that sense but i guess the problem i would have is that Barring something, barring a unforeseen circumstance, last year was kind of a see, see. Last year was kind of a unique situation because you had a couple of young guys you didn't want to put on the field, and Petty and Hackenberg, those were developmental guys. Petty's in year three. You can't keep Petty around just to sit on the bench this year. Maybe I maybe that's not phrased accurate. Maybe that's not totally accurate. But Petty has to be a viable option this year for him to keep. He has to at least be a backup level quarterback. And at this point, I don't think you can you can shy away from putting Hackenberg on the field. So if either of those guys has shown little improvement, I think it's tough to keep them. And I guess you get if you get into a situation where Petty and Hackenberg both look really good, you kind of have to keep McCown because of how much money he's guaranteed, and then you draft a guy maybe. But I don't think it's the same situation where it's there. Are most scenarios you're going to find are find are going to be those that 
indicate the Jets probably should not keep four quarterbacks this year. This is Petty can no longer be on scholarship, and Hackenberg really cannot. Hackenberg has to be a viable option this year. So I think the odds of the Jets keeping four quarterbacks are less. It really comes down, of course, it comes down to whether or not they draft a quarterback. McCagnan all but ruled out. He, you know, no GM will ever rule anything out completely, but McCagnan strongly hinted that the Jets are not going to sign another veteran, and it really would make no sense to sign this veteran. And frankly, you can argue whether it made sense to sign Josh McCown. And uh, the, finally, McCagnan just said what most GMs say, is that the Jets are looking to add more picks and stockpile and... You'll hear that from a lot of GMs. We'll find out how serious McCagnan is about that. He absolutely should. The Jets need all the young talent they can get, so they should be looking to trade down. Every GM tells you they'll do that. Not everyone follows up on it. McCagnan, to this point in his Jets career, has been a guy who's talked a lot about building through the draft, but it's been a lot of talk so far. He's been much more willing to trade away picks than to add picks. So will year three bring a change in philosophy? Will he maybe learn from some of the mistakes of his first two years? Well, you hope so, because the Jets need all the help they can get. They need as many young draft picks in here as possible. With the dearth of talent on this roster right now, you got to look to add, 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 and a lot, a lot of draft picks are going to be with a pretty good chance to make this team, so... That'll do it for our show today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast. I am John B. with GangGreenNation.com. Please consider subscribing to the show. It is available on both iTunes and Audioboom. Until next time, have a great day, everybody. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Analyst.